Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we look at Greece. The country's said to be on the brink of running out of money, and yet there's no sign of a deal with its creditors. So is a further crisis inevitable? Joining me in the studio to discuss this is Martin Sanbu, editor of our Free Lunch Economics blog, and on the line from Athens, our correspondent, Karen Hope. Martin, first of all, just give us an indication. How close are we to the point where Greece actually runs out of money and is forced, in effect, to default? It's a little bit hard to tell, partly because people aren't entirely honest with the figures. People say different things, and it's genuinely hard to know. I think even the Greeks probably aren't entirely sure how much money they have. What we do know is a couple of things. First, if you don't look at the debt and the interest service, the Greeks had come to a point where they were actually covering their domestic expenditures with their own taxes, a primary surplus, that's called. And that is really what has changed a lot of the balance in the negotiations, because then in theory, at least, you can say, you know, we're just not going to pay our creditors, we can cover our domestic expenditures, go away. Of course, that leads to a lot of other problems. Now, because of all the uncertainty around the election in January, Syriza's elections, and the standoff with the rest of the Eurozone, the economy is getting very wobbly, and nobody quite knows whether tax revenues will hold up. In fact, they, they were falling, and then some of it came back. So all of this is very unclear. What we do know is that a couple of big payments on this debt are coming up in July and August. Until then, it's sort of small trickles of interest payments, mostly to the IMF. Probably the government in Athens can scrape the bottoms of enough barrels to actually find that money. July, it's several billion euros to be paid to the ECB. It's a bond that the ECB holds. That's too much to find in that sort of improvised way. They don't have enough tax revenue. Then they will have to choose either between defaulting on that debt or not paying salaries, pensions, other domestic expenditures. So that's the real hard deadline, July. Before then, they'll have to find some way to either get new financing, a new credit line, or an agreement to reschedule that debt. And Karen, one of the things that I think makes people think that we may be heading for a crisis is that Syriza remains true to its left-wing creed, shows very little sign of compromise. And indeed, only yesterday, we're talking now on Wednesday, passed a law reinstating many civil servants who'd been sacked as part of the austerity program and effectively reneging on some of the commitments it had made to its creditors. What exactly is going on and what is entailed in this new law? is trying hard to push through all the legislation that it thinks it was mandated to do when it got elected in January. 
And that means rolling back a lot of the reforms which were seen as unfair and socially unjust. And the civil service overhaul was something that all the left-wing parties objected to. And Syriza promised that it would redress the, the grievances of those who got sacked. So last night's law essentially will allow the rehiring of between 13 and 15,000 public sector workers. And these are not really core civil servants, but they're um, sort of auxiliary people. Um, one group is the cleaning ladies, about 600 middle-aged cleaning ladies who, who worked for the finance ministry, not just cleaning the finance ministry building, but all the tax offices around Greece. And they have been camped outside the ministry for the past year um, to press for their rehiring. And they will be one of the first people to benefit. They will all be taken back within the next month. Then you've got the municipal police, which was disbanded. It was collected parking tickets, seen as rather ineffectual and quite corrupt. Um, those people will be rehired, and that will be reconstituted in the bigger cities. And then you have the school caretakers, known as the school guards, who were not seen as being very useful or efficient. And they will now will be allowed to come back. So um, what it means is you'll have more people in the public sector payroll and not much money to pay for it. And presumably, Syriza must be conscious that this will make it even harder to get a deal with their creditors. Yes, this particular set of reforms was one of the few that was regarded as a, as a success by the Troika, which always worried that the Greeks never took ownership of their reforms. But in this case, that particular minister and that particular ministry did. So I think this is, is really a move that will indicate that Greece is continuing to take unilateral actions. Normally, under the previous government, any legislation that affected the economy had to be agreed with the Troika before it went through Parliament. This government has ignored that since it came to power, and this is perhaps the most egregious example so far. Martin, it's the unilateral nature of this that I think really grates with the creditors. Time is dragging out. They keep complaining they're not getting constructive proposals from the Greek side. And in the meantime, they're rolling back some of the earlier changes. But on the other hand, they presumably think that's what they were elected to do, not just those concrete measures, but to start to take unilateral action because a lot of Greeks felt it was the opposite. They were just obeying the diktats of the Troika. And Karen, so what what do you think the internal thinking of, of Syriza is? I mean, do they think that in the end, the creditors will have no option but to tolerate this stuff and to blink because they won't be willing to push Greece over the edge? Or is this driven by a kind of internal political logic within the party? I think it's a bit of both. There does seem to be a, a real conviction um, across the political spectrum that the creditors wouldn't dare push Greece out of the Eurozone and it would be complicated, expensive, and have unpleasant consequences for the outside world as well as for the Greeks. So I think that's probably um, what they would consider to be or what they talk about as being a baseline scenario. But within that, they have been making some concessions in the talks. I mean, they've come round on privatisation. They want to go ahead with selling off the regional airports to a German-led consortium. They're also revived the privatisation of the ports in which China's Costco group is very interested and also Denmark's MES group. And that's after three months of saying, definitely, we don't want to do this. And then they're also considering tax increases. 
possibly increasing some value-added tax rates, though this goes back and forwards too. But they also have red lines on further pension cuts, which is something else the, the creditors are proposing, and on labour reforms, such as mass dismissals at companies with over 50 workers, which would have tidied up the moves to make the labour market more flexible, but which Syriza is, is very obviously opposed to. But within Syriza itself, things are beginning to boil up, and the Central Committee and the, um, the Political Bureau are both talking more vociferously about perhaps having a referendum if we don't get a deal with the creditors. And that could happen because Syriza may feel, well, all the other governments crumbled eventually for the sake of a handful of bailout aid. So perhaps we will be the heroic government that doesn't do that and takes this whole issue to a referendum and then let's let people decide and see what they have to say. The opinion polls show that up to 80% of Greeks definitely don't want to leave the Eurozone. Though it isn't actually clear whether they're prepared to make another set of sacrifices to stay in, and that presumably is what the referendum would be all about. Martin? I think this possibility of a referendum is fascinating. I mean, we remember in 2011, then-Prime Minister Papandreou for a few days proposed a referendum and was bullied out of it by Angela Merkel and Nicolas Sarkozy. I think it might not be a bad thing for Greek voters actually to really take this issue on and decide one way or the other. As Karin says, a vast majority want to stay in the euro. I've seen one poll where a majority, a small majority, would even accept some new Troika deal. There's also this interesting possibility that you don't automatically leave the euro just because you don't agree on a new bailout. There is a, a middle way. It's a painful one. It involves capital controls, but it's essentially the Cyprus option without extra money. So long as the Greek government gets enough tax revenue to pay for its domestic expenditures, it could, in theory, tell the creditors to get stuffed and just say, we'll struggle through it. It would be very painful. It's not what the voters signed up to. Mm but it's emerging as maybe one or the only possible way out. And Martin, we've talked a lot about what the Greeks are thinking and what's driving their behaviour, but what are the creditors thinking? I mean, one of the things I picked up in Berlin and so on is a growing exasperation so that they may not be thinking entirely rationally and coldly anymore. I think there's a, a sense that they're very fed up and they might uh, push harder than they might have done in previous months and negotiations. I think that's true. There's also a difference between the different creditors between the Europeans and the IMF, where the IMF has, well, they were for a long time much more sceptical of bailing Greece out, partly because it has non-European shareholders who uh, were not very happy at this idea. And as we've read in the FT this week, the head of mission has warned the Europeans that more restructuring may now be necessary, reducing the debt, haircuts on the debt. So you see the IMF being more positive towards haircuts, but very strict on the reforms, whereas you see the Europeans not wanting even to talk about any haircuts or any restructuring, but maybe willing to consider new proposals for reforms that the Greeks have, have ownership of, as, as Karen put it. So one thing is already this conflict between the creditors. And as this goes along, I think there's this very strong sense in most of Europe that the Greeks are just playing this game very differently from everybody else. All the previous Greek governments have folded, but so have all the other governments in the Eurozone periphery. They've all gone along with the consensus view 
that you need to take the money, you need to commit to austerity, you need to reform in a pretty similar direction. There's no not much allowance for diversity. And I think the Greeks' unwillingness to even accept that way of approaching the issue, it's, it's not consensual. That, I think, is getting a lot of people in Berlin and elsewhere more and more impatient. So I'd like to just end it then by asking you both an impossible question, but a kind of inevitable one. Where do you think we'll be come July? I mean, Karen, first, you're sitting in Athens. You've seen this crisis roll out for some years now, and it's never quite come to the absolute crunch. Do you think we're getting nearer to it? We're much nearer. And all you have to do is go to the bank, as I did this morning, and you're aware of the, the trickle of deposits leaving every day in briefcases or fat envelopes. It's not panic by any means, but I think people are getting prepared for the imposition of capital controls, even though nobody wants to talk about them out loud, and the government certainly doesn't. It's even a possibility that they could default before July. There's a big payment due to the IMF next week, 750 million euros about. That's one day before the civil servants are due to get their salaries, and that's another billion needed for the first half of the month. And the government said repeatedly that we will pay pensions and salaries before we pay the creditors if it comes to a crunch. And they are scrambling to find money. I I think we'll probably manage it, certainly for the middle of May. But the end of May could be very difficult indeed when you have to pay not just the second half of salaries, but also pensions. And you've got more payments to the IMF in June. So they really are, it really is getting close. Martin? I have almost the same view. I think that the Greeks will find ways to pay the IMF because the not paying the IMF is sort of the last thing you do if you want to remain part of the civilized international community. But as I said, I think this ECB payment in July will be the tough one. I suspect that we'll get an outcome in late June or early July where probably not an agreement on a bailout of the government, but some sort of fudge where at least they'll allow the banks to stay open, but with just a lot of squeeze on Greek public finances for the foreseeable future. Okay, well, with those thoughts, Martin Sandbu here in the studio in London. Thanks very much. And thanks also to Karen Hope in Athens. That's it for this week. I'm sure we'll return to this issue over the coming months. But for the moment, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.